podcast, The Colored Patriots of the American Revolution. Uh, in this episode, we're going to go to New Jersey and look at a couple of stories. Uh, first, we're going to look at the story of a man named Oliver Cromwell. While his life story is interesting, I'd love to really hear the backstory to the name, uh, because if uh, you know anything about him, obviously, that he seems to have been named after uh, the Oliver Cromwell uh, from England, uh, who was famous for being a Lord Protector of the country after the Civil War and basically being a uh, a dictator uh, during the time, uh, the only time when that country was actually a republic. So a little bit of history trivia for you. Uh, it appears, uh, though, that this Oliver Cromwell, the American, uh, was uh, born a free man from birth and was raised on a farm in Burlington County. Records list him as either a mulatto or an Indian, and that's on account of the fact that he had a mixed ancestry. Uh, he was mixed black, white, and Indian. He served in the 2nd New Jersey Continental Regiment for the duration of the war and earned a badge of merit for his faithful service. He was at the battles of Trenton, Princeton, Brandywine, Monmouth, and Yorktown, at which, uh, the latter place, uh, he saw the, the last man killed, apparently. So he was uh, also, uh, in addition to this, he was also at the famous crossing of the Delaware on Christmas of 1776. He served directly under Washington for about six months and was proud of the fact that uh, his discharge paper was written in the general's own hand. Uh, he received an annual pension of $96 from 1820 until the time of his death in 1853. And if, in case you're counting, yes, that was at the ripe old age of 100 years. He had 14 children, uh, seven of each. And he saw, as Nell put it, his grandchildren to the third generation, which I'm guessing means his great, great, great grandchildren. So that's uh, Oliver Cromwell. The next person I wanted to look at was a man named Dr. Bloomfield. He uh, was not, uh, he is not black. He's not a colored soldier at all. He was a white man who owned slaves. Uh, but his story is a bit interesting. It's very dramatic as well. And the story takes place at the first uh, abolition meeting ever held in the U.S. in the town of Woodbridge, New Jersey. It was the 4th of July, 1783, so right after the Revolutionary War. And they were roasting an ox. It was summertime. Uh, a lot of people showed up, so it was quite the picnic, quite the party. Uh, at one point, the, uh, Dr. Bloomfield uh, takes to the stage and uh, he is followed by his 14 slaves. And they stood on his right and on his left on the platform, seven on each side. And Nell writes, As a nation, said he, that is Dr. Bloomfield, we are free and independent. All men are created equal, and why should these, my fellow citizens, my equals, be held in bondage? 
From this day, they are emancipated, and I here declare them free and absolved from all servitude to me or my posterity. So with this announcement, uh, after this, he also calls up another slave uh, that he owned, a man, an older man named Hector, and offered to support him financially uh, for the rest of his life when he was from the time that he would be too old to keep working. The doctor asked him when he thought he might need this help, that is Hector. And Hector made it very clear that the answer was basically never. Uh, at this reply, Bloomford turns to the crowd and says, quote, There, fellow citizens, you see that liberty is as dear to the man of color as to you or me. The air now rung with shouts of applause, and thus the scene ended. So, yeah, I told you it was dramatic. Uh, it must have been somewhat similar to watching an episode of Ellen, uh, but a little more surreal given the circumstances. Okay, so just a brief word about our sponsor, Anchor.fm. Uh, this is an easy endorsement for me to do uh, because I can, I've already seen the value in it. It's the reason why you're even listening to this podcast. Uh, and particularly for those of you who have ever thought about uh, doing a podcast, uh, you should really... Uh, check these guys out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And there's several benefits uh, to it. One, it's free. So, hello. Uh, two, there's creation tools that they uh, supply you with that rec record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So, once you're on the platform or on the site, you can you can do it there. You don't have to have you know expensive software and learn how to uh, do complicated editing. Uh, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Uh, you can also make money from the podcast uh, without uh, minimum listenership, so that's another plus. Uh, also, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's all in one place. You don't have to download multiple programs. It's all just in one website. Log in. Boom. Everything is there, ready to go. It's just totally easy. Really check them out. I'm glad I came across this. I'm glad I got a recommendation from a friend of mine who does her own podcast because uh, it's just so beneficial. So, again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Ironically, Fortin sails to London, of all places, and uh, after uh, coming back home and ends up working there for a year in a shipyard. Uh, he then returns to Philadelphia in 1790 to work as an apprentice sailmaker. He invented some kind of a contraption, which I didn't really care to research in all that much detail, uh, but it basically made it easier to handle a ship's rigging. Uh, now, this thing was apparently very useful and successful because the profits from this invention made him a fortune and enabled him to open up his own business. His fortune was actually estimated, as a little side note, to be around uh, about $100,000, making him one of the most wealthiest uh, Americans in the country. And not just one of the wealthiest black Americans, but one of the wealthiest Americans in the country. 
He also used his money for philanthropy, supporting the abolition movement in particular. He donated uh, to William Lloyd Garrison's uh, well-known newspaper, Liberator. He was also a supporter of expanding the franchise to women and was also a supporter of the temperance movement, uh, too. Uh, Going back to his military roots in 1812, he worked with uh, the other very well-known black pioneers, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones, to raise a volunteer regiment of black soldiers, uh, which was a kind of militia designed to defend Philadelphia in the event of a British invasion uh, during the war. He was also fiercely opposed to what was known as the colonization movement, which called for black immigration to Liberia. He was actually offered a position as its first president or leader or whatever. And this this movement basically was kind of an earlier version of what we would see about 100, 100 years later with Marcus Garvey and the whole Back to Africa movement. Uh, so uh, it may surprise some people to know that this was actually tried about 100 years before and Fortin believed, though, that uh, America was his home and that this is where blacks should stay and thrive. And he was uh, so on both sides of that debate, there were those who were for black immigration. And then there were the abolitionists who were more for anti-slavery. And so that's kind of where he uh, fell on that issue. So James Fortin was uh, a force of nature and had a tremendous impact on people and the country uh, throughout his life. As Nell writes at the end of this section, he was a model, not as some flippant scribbler asserts, for what are called, quote-unquote, colored men, but for all men. His example will ever be worthy of emulation, his virtues never forgotten in the community in which he lived. Three or 4,000 persons, it was believed, attended the funeral of Mr. Fortin, one half of whom were white. I think that says a lot about his life. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for this episode. I appreciate you guys hanging on and uh, walking with me through this journey. Again, if you enjoy it and you'd like to uh, have others uh, get in touch with this podcast too, please take a moment and go and leave a review and a rating and that will help us uh, uh, spread this important information to others. As an important side note, a friend of mine uh, pointed out that um, it turns out uh, that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is actually uh, probably working on a documentary about colored patriots in the American Revolution. Uh, I don't know anything about this or uh, what uh, that is going to look like, but uh, clearly um, he stole my idea because, as you guys know, I, I'm doing this first. So uh, we'll see. Uh, look forward to seeing what that may turn into. And uh, if that does come out soon here, hopefully I will uh, include the link in the show notes. And But I think that's just kind of a testament to why I'm doing this podcast uh, anyways, because these stories really are interesting. They do deserve to be on film. So stay tuned for that and let's see what develops. But uh, again, thanks, and we'll talk soon. Don't you ever be sad Times get bad When a day comes And you are down In a river of trouble And I'm about to drown But just hold on
Don't you ever, don't you ever be sad 